Welcome to another edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Gillis. Today, Muhammad Ahmad has the week off. Uh, we hope he's doing well on vacation and getting some R&R time. Uh, so thankfully, we're not joined by just me today. We have uh, Jimmy Watkins, rivalry beat extraordinaire for Cleveland.com. Anything you want to know about the rival teams that, frankly, that you hate the most, Michigan football, Pittsburgh Steelers football, he's got you covered on on all those bases. So whoever the Cavs rivals are, I don't I don't know who they would be at this time. Um, but anyway, we're we're happy to have Jimmy on and uh, talk some AFC North football today. So Jim, thanks for thanks for coming on. This is your third third time on the pod or second time on the pod. I don't know. I think it's my second, but who's counting? But it's a good yeah, thing I, that we're doing this. I don't know if I should call you Andrew or Gillis. I'm gonna call you Gillis because that's what's okay. natural for me. That's fine. Um, because I've been really concerned about our inability to talk football together. Right. You know, right now we all all we have is our Twitter DMs chat, our text chat. Uh, the times we spend playing video to game, games together and every single time I see you. So I'm glad that we have another forum just for those out. Gillis and I went to college together. So the chemistry on this podcast is about to be A1. Oh, yeah. It's it's about to be outstanding. So, well, and see, here's the thing. So chemistry can mean a good thing, but it could also mean at some point one of us gets very, very upset with the other person and just kind of like throws their hands up in the air and maybe drops a curse word or something that they shouldn't. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go too much off the rails. Um, you know, but content, but like I said, content baby. <laughs> exactly. Just as long as we don't end up on uh, on awful announcing, we'll be fine. Um, you know, like I said, today we're, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about the AFC North. Um, as crazy as it seems, I mean, it is Thursday, July 13th, as we record this. Three weeks from today is the Hall of Fame game. Is the Browns and the Jets, I believe. So, I mean, we've got we've got football right around the corner, and and the off season's pretty much over. So, I figured now would be a good time to to kind of wrap up the off season. I mean, moves are pretty much done. There's a few interesting running backs kind of on the market, and interesting, I say, it, maybe not even you know, I, I used I used interesting instead of good, but there's a few moves that could be made still. But for the most part, teams are done. So. Wanted to wanted to wrap the AFC North here, so I'll, I'll start with you, Jim. Um, the when you look at the AFC North and and the four teams in this division, who do you think had the best off season and, and why? What did you like about that team, whoever they may be? First of all, I just want to pour one out for running backs out there. It's just a sad, yeah. sad state of affairs. Guys like Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin players, Cook, Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook's going to be all right. The other three, I'm, really not, I'm not sure about the others. So that's tough. But uh, I went with the Cleveland Browns, and I did it because I, I view free agency as like a, a cherry-topping um, arm of the NFL offseason calendar. You're supposed to build your team through the draft. That's your – I guess we're going to stick with the ice cream analogy. That's your sherbet, your, your vanilla, whatever you want. Uh, maybe you, you trade for some whipped cream and then the, the free agency that's that's we have that's the last thing you want to put on on top of your plate right and the browns have a great roster except for the fact that they could not stop the run at all last season basically their entire defensive line besides miles garrett was a cry for help um now part of this could be under the the defense coordinator joe woods who was fired last year um, they've made a change there as well. That's part of this, right? Jim Schwartz is is big, has a track record of developing impressive defensive lines. 
But just running some numbers out to Gillis. Let's hear him. Three years under Joe Woods, the Browns defense ranked 19th, 23rd, and 27th in DVOA. That is capital B. Bad. Last year, the Browns allowed 170 rushing yards in eight games, basically half the schedule, also bad. And they did this in part because they tried to sort of money ball the defensive line position and off-ball linebacker, which they're still kind of doing. Um, They were throwing out a bunch of mid-round picks at that spot. They were not paying anyone significant money at that spot. Um, they rectified that by signing Dalvin Tomlinson, former Viking, to a four-year, $57 million contract, $27.5 million, I believe, guaranteed. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson is not what I would call like a splash player at that position, but he's a reliable player. He will occupy bodies. He will allow playmakers like um, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa to make plays from the second level, let the let guys who are blitz and cut get in there, even free up Miles Garrett, which is another point I want to make. I saw Mina Kimes tweet out the other day that Miles Garrett was the most double teamed player in the NFL last year, which makes sense because the Browns' second leading sack uh, guy was Taven Bryan, a former first round pick of the Jaguars, who did not get his fifth year option picked up by the Jaguars, and the Browns didn't bring him back either this year after signing him to a one-year de- year deal last year. put your Wrap your mind around this, Gillis. The Browns, who employ Miles Garrett, who we all agree is an exceptional football player, particularly at rushing the passer, ranked 27th in pressure rate last season and 28th in sacks. That's no bueno. So what did they do? They went out and got Zedaria Smith, who, ranked, who had 10 sacks last year and ranked right behind Miles Garrett, top 10 in pressures, which, I, which is football references... Uh, metric that combines sacks, QB hits, and the third one is hurries, I believe. That's very good. Zedarius Smith. And they also signed, I got the phonetic spelling down here, Obanaya Okoronkwo from the Texans. That's impressive. The third highest... I'm glad you pulled that because I would not yes. have been able to pull that. Well, I, you know, this is this is what prep is for. Right. Um, he had the third highest pressure rate in the league in eight starts with the Texans last year. Now, that's a very small sample size. I'm not saying he's going to replicate that production with the Browns, but it's another dude that defenses have to concentrate on besides Miles Garrett. So this now, when defenses try to block Miles Garrett, which is already very hard, even though they, he was the most double team player in the league last year, he still had 16 sacks. You're either going to keep double teaming Miles Garrett and then Zadarius Smith and uh, Oboe, which is a very useful nickname that he likes to use, are going to go off or... You're going to have to single-team Miles Garrett, and that's bad news for you as well. So I just like teams that have a plan and execute them. The Browns certainly did that, and I know that this whole season for the Browns is all about whether Deshaun Watson is good or not. But these moves on the defensive side of the ball take pressure off of Deshaun Watson, presumably, well, if these work, moves work yeah. out, right? Because well, so that, I was going to jump in there, and I was going to ask about yeah. Deshaun. Um, that was a very, very thorough answer. I was not expecting that level Sorry. of answer. I mean, I'm glad you were fresh. Um, but because c- you didn't mention Elijah Moore when you talked about this. Um, now, I'm well, sure you get good. there. Yeah. So, like, the thing for me with the Browns, and spoiler alert, I did not have them number one. I had them number two. I didn't um, think you would. Okay. So, the thing with, the thing with Elijah Moore is, like, a lot of talent. I mean, I think it was DK Metcalf who said – Elijah Moore was the best receiver that they had there when it was, I think it was Treadwell Metcalf 
Elijah Moore. Like he was like he was the best I one miss, that yeah. they had. So like they, you know, Elijah Moore's got the talent. I would worry that you haven't seen it. Um I, I don't know. I mean, this team is obviously going to be able to run the ball. Like if you can play average defense in Cleveland, they're going to be good. I, I, I just, cause they're going to be able to run the ball, which I think is more than you can say for like for Pittsburgh, for example, because like Pittsburgh's defense is obviously better. I think, I mean, it, I think there's not really a debate that it's the best division in the league or best defense in the division. We'll get there, Gillis. We'll get there. Okay. But so I, I like Cleveland can actually run the ball here. So I don't know the the thing with the thing on the offensive side of the ball for me that I'm I just have I, I I'm curious what Elijah Moore looks like because like you need Deshaun to play well obviously if Deshaun isn't Deshaun from 2020 then what are you doing here but if Elijah Moore's good and Deshaun is good I, I can see where you're going so I guess it just kind of depends on how much of a believer you are in Elijah Moore. That's that's no that's kind of my point though is like the, all these it's yes this season is still all about Deshaun Watson I know I didn't mention him during that little monologue I went on but right. the whole point I was trying to make there is if you can get your defense to average or I mean I think it could be well above average given the additions that they made because I love their secondary um, the the weak spotted off ball linebacker is still sort of a weak spot but they got playmakers all over the defense now it takes pressure off the offense. When you can, when you don't have to, when you don't have to ask them to do so much. Like I just like last year, it felt like watching the Browns. They were like the clocks just bleeding. Teams are running all over them. They're running out. You know, if you fall behind early, you run out of time quickly because you, the, the the middle of the defense was a mess. And if the guys they signed there, like there's still a lot of eggs in the Dalvin Tomlinson basket because after him on the in the middle of the defensive line, Zadarius Smith plays a little bit there, but he's more of a pass rusher than a run defender. So that that that's still a little bit of a dicey situation, but they I think if he stays healthy, which I think he's played 16 games every year but one during his career, and Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett stay relatively healthy, that defense is going to be so much improved, and that does wonders for your offense as well. So okay, so you had the Browns first, so I had the Browns second. I had the Ravens first. Um, I think like the thing for me that that I couldn't look past was because when you look at offseason, it's obviously, you know, it's, it's obviously player acquisition, player development, things like that. But you also had Todd Munkin. And I really like that addition for the Ravens. You kind of needed a new voice in there. You know, try, you know, it, Greg Roman can scheme up a run game with the best of them. I think, you know, just kind of every stop you look at from Buffalo, from San Francisco to Baltimore, Greg Roman was one of the best run game designers in the league, but the passing game was always a mess. So Jimmy, I have a trivia question for you. Um, you watched the, I'm assuming like the rest of us, the Bengals-Ravens wildcard game, the Hubbard Yard Dash, correct? Mm-hmm. So the Ravens had, uh, you know, obviously some problems offensively. Tyler Huntley was their quarterback. Um, Mark Andrews, five catches, 73 yards. J.K. Dobbins, four catches, 43 yards. Oh, boy. Three players came in second for uh, two catches. They were Justice Hill, a running back, Josh Oliver, a tight end, and can you name the receiver who was their oh. leading receiver in terms of yardage from the receiver position? Man. Hint, he cooked Eli Apple on a go route for a touchdown. I mean, that's half the league, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to say, because if, if it's a trivia question, it's an obscure name. Yep. One James Prochet. Well, that's a good guess. Uh, it's Demarcus Robinson. 
Okay. <laughs> so All Demarcus right. Robinson was their number one receiver in that game. Um, I mean, they I all he was felt- their number one receiver in receiving yards last year. Yeah, like <laughs> which is it, a sad it, it state was, of affairs. It was not a great situation. You obviously had the Lamar situation hanging over everybody's heads. You have a bunch of just mess going on. So what happens this offseason? You add an offensive coordinator who can actually design a passing game. I'm very excited about what Todd Munkin can do and what that offense can look like with Lamar because you know what, you and I have talked about this in one of the aforementioned non-podcast football chats. I mean, think about how many years in a row we have talked about Lamar and kind of you can't let him run away. You can't let him, no pun intended, run away from the run game, but you you have to kind of lean into both. So you add a guy like that, but then what do you do? You signed Odell Beckham Jr. He's going to play on the outside, and you draft Zay Flowers in the first round. Now, I see – That's a lot I, of money for Odell Beckham Jr. I see, well, if you can afford him, then I'm fine with it. It's one so year, I get it. It's a you, lot. Because now, now I think you're, you're looking at a situation in the year of our Lord 2023 – where the Baltimore Ravens are going to run 11 personnel a lot of the time. You're going to have outside receivers, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., and you're going to have Mark Andrews as your tight end. You're going to have Zay Flowers in the slot. Whoever is in the middle of the field for the rest of the AFC North, from Pittsburgh, from Cincinnati to Cleveland, they're going to have a terrible time trying to defend that because you've got, I mean, you've got Mark Andrews, who's one of the game's best tight ends, You've got Zay Flowers, who you know is a speed demon in the slot. You've got speed everywhere. They're going to be able to stretch you deep. You know they've got some bigger bodies on the outside. Now I'm not saying OBJ is going to come in there and be OBJ from you know 2015 or whatever, but you just needed someone like the receive. Like if you think about it, the receiving position from the team that almost beat the Bengals in the wild card round last year, you added three different guys and you presumably have a more intricate passing system. So I really like that. Then you get Lamar, like you lock down Lamar, you figure out this, you figure out the quarterback situation for the long term. I've been a Lamar defender for a long time. Um, You know, I I remember going into the 2022 season, the first game I ever covered with the Bengals, I told one of the other writers that I would take Lamar over Joe Burrow. And I I got looked at like I had three eyes. Now I changed that opinion. I would rather, if, if you gave me a fantasy draft today, I'm taking Joe Burrow, but yeah, the Ravens to me are the best offseason for the AFC North. I just I love what they did. So I have I did a lot of Ravens research as well, looking in okay. ahead of this podcast because it was Browns Ravens for me too. So we're yep. on the same page here. But to your point about Todd Munkin and the the nest the nest, the need for evolution in that offense. This is a quote from Lamar Jackson. I believe it was his first uh public press conference after signing the the contract or one of them he's asked about um he was asked directly if the if the ravens need to run the ball fewer fewer times per game and he said quote running can only take you so far i feel like this new era with this new era of teams and offenses in the league i feel like we need to and he was talking about throwing the ball downfield and coach todd munkin what i'm seeing so far his offense is looking tremendous boom that's it right there so I think I, th- I mean the the addition quote unquote of the off season is the Ravens not losing Lamar Jackson yeah, given sure. the given the range of outcomes for the Ravens off season how this could have gone I understand where you're coming from I was just thinking I was trying to think of this more in terms of pure additions mm-hmm. technically yeah, Lamar's yeah. a retention um, but we're on the same page there yeah I mean when when you have a you have a quarterback who requested a trade I mean when when you have a guy who requests a trade that's 
that's real dicey. And, you know, typically, I mean, who like when was the last major quarterback like that we had, let alone leave? I mean, think about leaving. You know, it always feels like these guys get locked up early. Like, I'm in trying to prime. think. In his yeah, prime. Like, like we had, like, I'm genuinely asking, like, when was the last like in his prime guy that that had a that had a a, a dabble with the other side, if you will? I, I mean, don't know. I think we would have said last year that Russell Wilson was at his prime. Oh, uh, Russell last Wilson, summer. that's true. But yeah, he's not in his prime. Like, Russell Wilson, yeah, he's not in it. <laughs> like, there's just it, it's very rare to see that. So I think that that's um, I think that that was a. A really big, like you said, even if it wasn't an acquisition, I mean, you acquire the next five, six years. um, So I think that that matters. By the Uh, way, just housekeeping real quick. Odell Beckham, one year, $15 million, all of it guaranteed. It's a lot of coin. Give me that money. That's a lot of coin. But he'll be motivated. But he'll be motivated. Uh, So so we talked about the positives. Uh, We're going to talk about the negatives when we get back on the Strictly Sharps podcast. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the Strictly Stripes podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Gillis. Happy to be joined by Jimmy Watkins. Uh, before we uh, before we get started here, do want to pay some bills a little bit. I uh, want to remind you guys to sign up for our subtext service. Basically, what subtext is, is you are going to get unfiltered thoughts from Muhammad and myself about the Cincinnati Bengals. Just text your name to 513-949-4147. Basically, everything you're going to get is about the Cincinnati Bengals. You don't have to worry about rate limits on Twitter. You don't have to worry about seven different social media outlets. Sign up for all of it. You're going to get what's going on at uh, practice during training camp. You're going to get the latest news, transaction. Sometimes we're just going to ask you guys what your thoughts are on the latest signing or who needs to play where. So heavily recommend signing up for subtext. I mean, we're like I said, we're two weeks away from training camp. So again, that number is 513-949-4147. So we talked about the best off seasons in the AFC North in the first half of the show, which kind of worked out well because we both, we, I mean, we flipped, we had one and two Cleveland and Baltimore. So that would mean we've got three and four Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Jim, who had the worst off season in the AFC North? I actually thought this was kind of a difficult exercise. I kind of like what, what a lot of these teams did. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would say Pittsburgh Okay, for for basically two reasons, I th- I think defensively, like they're one of the one of the major areas of need they had to improve upon was off ball linebacker. Um, they were trotting out a combination of Miles Jack, Devin Bush, and Robert Spillane. Devin Bush, talk season. about a pick that I thought was going to be outstanding that just yeah. did not work. Well, I mean, yeah, that, I mean they <laughs> that's a tough look for the Steelers all the way around because they traded up in the first round for him, which I think happened. Uh, just at the right time because if you do that in in 2023, that's a that's a really bad look. Yeah, trading uh, up for an value wise, is real dicey. Tough. It's really tough. It's really tough. I mean, the Lions got skewered for even just taking one this year, Jack Campbell from Iowa. But um, so yeah, they let all three of those guys go from into free agency. Let them all sign with different teams, which is a sign that that position group was no bueno last year. And they replaced those guys with Cole Holcomb from the commanders and a Landon Roberts from the dolphins. And I don't think they got that much better. They didn't spend a ton of money on either one of them. I think they're both one year. I mean, they have, they have two year deals, but both have an option out after the second, after the first year, about three and a half million dollars, low investment. That's fine. They're going to be playing behind Cam Hayward. Who's one of the best interior defensive linemen I have ever seen in my life, but the Steelers like to do this thing where they make their, 
we were talking about the Ravens, how, how difficult it is to defend the Ravens in space over the middle of the field. The Steelers love making their off-ball linebackers defend in space over the middle of the field. We've seen it for years. Guys getting matched up with slot receivers. They have no business trying. Like that, that was the theory behind Devin Bush, right? Like he was super athletic coming out of Michigan. He can, the Steelers run three, four. They need, they need by, by design to have one of their linebackers in one of those spots, right? So Devin Bush was supposed to be the super fast guy who could cover with linebackers, who could play, uh, could play the run and get after the quarterback. He just, his knee exploded. That happens. It's football. They're now replacing him with, Cole Holcomb, who's like kind of supposed to be a coverage guy, but his coverage numbers aren't that great over the past couple of years. Landon Roberts is kind of like a, a a blitzing weapon, you know, hard hitting guy, but he misses a lot of tackles. I just don't think that got that position got markedly better, and they kind of swapped it all out. The big thing is, I kind of think the Steelers should have fired Matt Canada, man. Like this is this is like. I think the beginning of a quarterback, a young quarterback's career is so precious. Yep. And we just don't see a ton of guys stumble early and regain late. Like Kenny Pickett, I think Kenny Pickett looked pretty decent down the second half of last season. He still threw like five touchdowns or seven touchdowns all year. Yeah. And, and if you look at if you look at the schedule of the games that they won, 17 right. 13 20 right. to 14 like it they was, were not they were not winning yeah. 38 34 over some of these teams yeah. so this is like matt canada this is matt canada's first nfl coordinator job he's been on the job for two years granted his quarterbacks during those two years have been mason rudolph the ghost of ben roethlisberger and rookie kenny pickett right. so i and the offensive lines have been shaky during those years so and Mike Tomlin admitted earlier this offseason that he told Matt Canada to dumb down the playbook last year so as not to overwhelm Kenny Pickett. So there's a lot going on here. Yeah. But I think there was an opportunity to swing a little bit bigger at that spot and try to maximize your rookie quarterback on his rookie contract, and they didn't do it. This is, again, this is a, a point to the fact that I kind of like what all these teams did this season, so I'm picking this sure. here. And that's where I'm going to pick nits with the Steelers. So the the thing with the Steelers is that every there's just a couple of pit like we say we say this a lot with the Ravens or when the Patriots were kind of in their you know in their dynasty mode with Brady and everything. Oh, what a Patriots draft pick! What a Ravens draft pick! The Steelers just kind of make these moves that you're like, well, of course they got this guy. Of course he's going to be great. Like I I really like Keanu Benton. In the middle of that defense, I think that you, I mean, their defense was already nasty last year. Now you have Benton in the middle. Uh, of course, they get Patrick Peterson in free agency to help out a secondary that has struggled for, I mean, for years. Uh, of course, they draft Joey Porter's kid. Like, of course, they do all these things. So I actually don't hate their offseason either. Um, and like you said, I don't think any of these teams had like a bad offseason. Um I'm going to say something controversial. So you obviously draft Broderick Jones. Uh, how do you pronounce Isaac? How do you pronounce that guy's the guard's name? Samalu. Samalu. Samalu so, I think. So, so well, you you sign him, so you improve your offensive line a little bit. If there were, I'm going to say this with a whisper. If there were a team where Allen Robinson could just not be terrible, I mean, playing on a receiving core with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, you're going to have worse worse options than that. Um, I'm not saying Kenny Pickett's going to go out there and just start 
throwing it all over the yard, but I don't hate that. Uh, Cause if, if there's something that the Steelers are known for over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, they can identify receiving talent. I know it's typically in the draft, but I trust them with Allen Robinson. And I'm glad you said the Steelers were third because I have the, or the Steelers were last, excuse me, because I have the Bengals last. So this actually worked out well. Um, I think the Bengals off season was better on paper than it is in real life. Because when you went into this off season, what did you think about the Bengals? Okay. Ah, you can always use some offensive line help, but definitely need running back help. Definitely need tight end help. You're probably going to need, you know, a, a defensive lineman or two. And depending on what happens at safety, you're going to need a safety. Well, you lose Jesse Bates and Von Bell. That's, I mean, that's a major loss. You're not replacing those guys in in free agency or the draft with a one for one. That's, I get it. I think too many people kind of looked at that and went, "Well, we knew Jesse was going anyway, so that's fine." It's not fine. We don't know what Dax Hill is like. We don't know what's happening with. Uh, with I mean, Dax Hill was a guy last year. He played in the slot. He played uh, on the outside at corner. He played at safety. He played all over the place. So he hasn't really played a lot of safety. Now you're going to rely on him and Nick Scott, who comes over from the Rams to play safety, or Jordan Battle, a rookie. That's dicey to me. Then you draft Miles Murphy in round one. Love the Murphy pick. High praise for it. But for 2023, who are you taking off the field? Trey Hendrickson or Sam Hubbard? Probably neither of them. Then Orlando Brown, a great signing. No notes. Great signing. But you lose Hayden Hurst to tight end, and you replace him with Irv Smith Jr., who's been injured a lot in his career and has never been a tight end one. Now he's really going to force the issue of can Joe Burrow just get you paid? Like, can, can this offense get you paid where you show up, you make, you know, 50 catches for 500 yards, go somewhere and get a nice little payday. We're going to find out. Then at running back, here's where I have the biggest issue. You replace Samaj P. Ryan with Chase Brown and do nothing else. I think Chase Brown can ball. I think that that guy can play football. But you're relying on Joe Mixon, who is probably making too – actually, definitely, I think, making too much money for for kind of the quality that you're going to get from him. And then a rookie. I just their, – their offseason to me feels very high risk, high reward. Um, I'm not saying – I still think you can make a really good case that the Bengals win the AFC North. I'm not saying that their offseason tanked them in any way. I just think that – there's a lot of risk here. And, and if I'm, if I was a Bengals fan, I'd have concerns about what happens if Irv Smith Jr. gets hurt again, or what happens if Dax Hill isn't kind of to the level you need, or he just needs more time. There's a lot of questions that I have about the Bengals and what they did this off season. I like that. I like that you came, you come, you, the people come here to listen to the Bengals and you just spit in their ears. Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. Yeah, all these people the listening to the Bengals were like, oh, yeah. okay, the Browns and the Ravens killed it this offseason. And then by yeah. the way, even the Steelers at third weren't bad. And then I'm just like, yeah. hey, Bengals fans, you guys stink. No, that's not so what I'm saying. Let me but, defend the Bengals real quick. Yeah, let of me, course, go ahead. While, while people get the Q-tips out going in their ears, let me. Let me let me try to slow Gillis' roll here. I think okay. the Bengals are just playing the game they have to play. I agree. They know they know they have to pay Joe Burrow. They know they have to pay Jamar Chase. We're going we're going to see about T Higgins, one of the most yep. fascinating contract extension situations in the league going forward. So they kind of did what you have to do. Like they got ahead of this too. Like drafted Dax Hill and Cam Taylor Britt last year because they knew that there were going to be some openings in the secondary this year. You know, Jordan Battle, that's another top 100 resource you're spending. DJ Turner, 
great combine, a combine hero. And uh, these are resources that they they ha- they had allocated. I think ahead of time they they sort of tipped their hand last year. Miles Murphy's sort of the same way. You're not no, you're not taking Trey Hendrickson or Sam Hubbard for the field this year, but. Next you year, want to get those are. guys a third contract? I don't know. So that's why you invest. into a contract year? Exactly. DJ Turner replacement in your corners next yes. year. I mean, this is what good teams do. I want to be yes. clear. Like, good teams draft for a year in the future. Good teams can see the way the winds are blowing and say, you know what? We're going to replace this high cap number guy with this rookie or this younger player, and we're going to go from there, and we're going to develop them in our system. And we're That's the way good teams operate. There were just other things, I think, tight end and running back specifically that I would be pretty concerned about tight end. I just don't care when I have Jamar chase <laughs> T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, like no disrespect. That's fair. Irf I hear you. That's Irf fair. Irf even has some draft pedigree. Like who knows? Maybe he's just yeah. been in the wrong Highly situation. High school player played at Alabama. Who knows? Yeah. But I just think that they're, they're prioritizing the positions that they need to prioritize. Yes. The Jesse Bates exit is going to hurt. Same with Von Bell. Same losing veterans when you're, when you're in, the, in the secondary, when you have a secondary comprised of mostly young players, and particularly when you have a defensive coordinator like Lou who can just draw it up in the dirt sometimes, like that, that kind of that might limit, you know, lose lose ability to put on the mastermind hat. That's that's a real thing, and it yeah. will likely take the Bengals secondary a while to get their bearings this season. But you got to cut, you got to cut the cost somewhere. I want to ask you one: you mentioned the running backs. Yep. Oh boy, this should Which, be I'm excited for this. We're circling back on this. We mentioned it's a sad time for running backs out there. Yep. Ezekiel Elliott sitting at home and training outside, just looking out the window. Kareem Hunt eating ice cream because he's feeling sad about not having a contract. Yep. Ezekiel Elliott. Did I say Zeke Leonard Fournette? Yeah, you, Leonard you, Fournette. You did not say Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette doesn't have a job and his car just got caught on fire. Tough oh, scenes for everyone. What? <laughs> Did you not see that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, a couple weeks ago, his car caught on fire on the highway. It's kind of crazy. He's okay. Oh, We're glad oh, that Leonard Fournette's no okay. Idea. Yeah, I'm going to have to go look at I hope he gets another contract so he can get a new car. There we go. Okay. Which, which of the sad boy and Dalvin Cook, who's probably going to go to Miami, we'll take him out of it. Which of the sad boy running backs would you most prefer the Bengals to add between uh, now Zeke. and week one? Zeke. Why? Not a debate. Um, I'm intrigued by James Robinson. The Achilles, oh, the, wow. the Achilles would scare me a little bit. I think and the cutting. Another, what about the cutting? What about the what about the cutting by the Patriots? Would that concern you? Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> and that wasn't a contract situation. Like, that was just like. Go ahead. That wasn't a contract situation. That was just Bill Belichick saying, "We got a lot of guys in here. I think they're better than you." Yeah. Well. Right. Well. I mean, to be fair, they draft. What did they draft two last year? I think it was Pierre Strong and. Kevin they have Harry. too many. Yeah, and that's then they have, no uh, doubt. James Stevens Robinson's not good. better than most of them, apparently. Yeah, so well, that's the thing. I think James Robinson is probably better than than Chris Evans or, or uh, Trevon Williams. We'll see. I, I like um, Chase Brown. I like Chase. Brown. Ch- look, uh, look, we're on the same page with Chase Brown. Uh, I think we've. I think another offline football talk that we had. I think Chase Brown starts at some point this year. Oh, Chase go. Brown. I think Chase Brown takes starting. We should have texted that take first before we started this pod. We absolutely it's great should. subtext content. Great pull. See, that's why I like to have Jimmy on because he's able to tie things back. But yeah, I like Zeke. Um, I'm like I said, I'm intrigued by James Robinson because there's less mileage there. But I'm intrigued by Zeke, and and I and I think Zeke would fit best because Joe Mixon's not a great pass blocker. We don't know what Chase Brown is as a pass blocker yet, and I mean, 
you know, Jimmy was mentioning, I don't really care about tight end. And that's a totally reasonable take to have because the Bengals also drafted Charlie Jones in the fourth round, the slot receiver out of Purdue. So you can go. dad's favorite college football player. Exactly. So you can go four wide a lot this year. And I actually think the Bengals might do that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see just them saying, you know what? We've got the horses. We're just gonna we're just gonna line up in four wide. We're just gonna do it because Irv Smith Jr. not a big blocker. So you you know if you're gonna have Irv on the field, you're not. I mean that's obviously where Orlando Brown. You would hope he helps out, but like Irv's not really gonna help you in the in the blocking department. So if you just want to go four wide, that's fine. But you can't have Joe Mixon back there. You know sometimes protecting Joe Burrow's blindside. I just think you need somebody there who can pass block. And that's where Zeke comes. I think Zeke would be a really nice, here's who we're going to give the ball to in the goal line on the goal line in the red zone. And here's who we're bringing in on third and 12 or first and 10. If we want to throw it, I think the Bengals are really going to, I mean, if you thought the Bengals threw it a lot last year, I mean, good God, I, they're going to air this thing out. And, and I think that, you know, you don't have to follow what they say. You kind of have to follow what they do. And what did they do? They didn't really – they didn't do anything at running back besides that a fifth-round running back to replace Samaj P. Ryan. You draft a receiver in the fourth round. You draft another receiver in the sixth round, Andre uh, Yoshivas. Kind of more of a project. But this team's going to air it out. So I like Zeke. That's a long-winded way of saying I like Zeke. Andre Yoshivas, who you took in our dynasty draft this weekend? I threw him on our, our taxi football squad. draft. Yeah. Threw him on the taxi squad. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. Invest the, uh, in Andre Yosebas, Bengals fans. You'll <laughs> well, see yeah, driving I, the bandwagon. Uh, we'll, see, that's the thing. We'll we'll see. I think I think you I think you're going to keep him on the roster. Um, you know, I think that you that would be a good time. You got you got yeah yeah you've got talent on the roster. You might I think well. he's going to make the team. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Text that one too. Yeah, right. Andre Yosebas going to make the team. Oh my god. Um. All right. Well, so Old so prediction. Terrific. Bold prediction. Andre Yosivas will make the 53 man. There it is. Oh boy. See, we've reached that point now where it's like, all right, we're, we've had enough of each other. Andre um, Yosivas, the next Trenton Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, they're different body types. Like they're oh different. Oh my God. Body- don't do this. I yeah. don't care. I, that's I don't care. Um, this is, this is the tight end of takes. The tight end of the Bengals. All um, I can't. Well, I fe- next time we'll have you on, we'll, we'll talk about like who you think the Bengals backup center and left guard are going to be. We'll have a really intricate discussion about hand placement. If, uh, if that's according to PFF, center the lowest uh, valued position by whatever metrics they use. It's like center than running back than interior defensive line. Center than running back. That's that's weird. Uh, but so anyway, weird. Um, going to wrap this up here. Uh, we've talked about the AFC North. I, I mean, we actually didn't plan this. I swear to God that we ended up talking about all four teams in the yeah, division. So it awesome. actually worked out really well. Uh, but Jim, we've talked about all four teams. Who's going to win the North? <laughs> I think I said this before. I like the Ravens, man. Mm-hmm. Just bringing that Lamar offense into the 21st century. <laughs> you either have you have to somehow account for the most. Well, I don't know. Anthony Richardson might have the might have taken the the mantle for most athletic quarterbacks to ever play the game. But what you you have to account for one of the most athletic quarterbacks to ever play the position and cover Mark Andrews. And now you have these weapons on the outside like that offense. And Todd Munkin looked like a scheme god at Georgia. Like Todd Munkin put together a great offense with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. And and like we were talking earlier about how Lamar, you know, might need to t- they might tone down the rushing attempts. Todd Munkin was designing runs for Stetson Bennett, so that's Stetson still going to be there. Winner, 
winner, <laughs> that's right. Jim. Yeah, that's right. Drinker too, right? Um, <laughs> much. Anyways, the Ravens offense is in the 21st century now. Um, and I like like the defense. I have a few questions about I the do second too. corner. Maybe a few more than a few. Like it's Marlon Humphrey, who's capital G good. And then Rock, Rock you said? Uh, yeah, okay. Rocky, so you've got Rocky, some good safeties. I like their safeties yeah, a lot. But... Like their safeties a lot. And Marcus Peters is still a free agent. Like could still come back on a on a team friendly deal because the market might be drying up for him at this point. Same with Justin Houston and and Mike McDonald, man, who they got. I think they got him from Michigan staff. The Harbaugh's just keep trading defensive yep. coordinators. It's kind of fun. Um, the Ravens led the in a, again in a division with Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt. To a lesser extent, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, but they're both still good players. The Ravens had the most sacks in the division last year. Their leading sack guy was Justin Houston, who's, I think, 34 now and had nine sacks. That's, I think, to me, that's a credit to the the, yeah. the, the scheming of pressure from Mike McDonald. That just gives me a lot of trust in their defense because they already have a lot of talent, including Roquan Smith, who looked like a certified dog after they traded for him last season. So I will take the Ravens. Yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens too, actually. I think if for, for anyone out there, uh, and it is now legal in the state of Ohio, for anyone out there who uh, enjoys placing a few bets on the NFL, uh, I would avoid the Bengals. FanDuel, which sponsors a lot of Cleveland.com content. Sure. Just oh. on FanDuel or on wherever, on I think Bet365. I don't say that. No, no. FanDuel only. FanDuel, FanDuel only. only. All right. Oh, so wait, go no, to wait, FanDuel. We have, do we have other? Is there Everybody a Bet365 widget that we yeah, well, then Bet365. Yeah, so go FanDuel. to Bet FanDuel or Bet365 or anything that's sponsored by Cleveland.com and um, go there. And, and when you look at the odds, you're going to look at the Bengals who are, I think I saw like plus 120. That's just not, that's just not enough juice for me with that division. Um, you know, with how, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like the Steelers defense is going to be a major thorn in the side of a lot of teams. Even if their offense isn't very good, the Steelers are going to win some games. That's all they do. So this division from top to bottom is going to be really competitive. And you look at the Ravens in 2021, everyone got hurt. That was the year Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins and Marcus Peters and everyone else got hurt. They were eight and three. They lost the game to the Steelers when they went for two late. They lost by one. If they had had the two-point conversion, they win. They lost to the Browns by two. Same situation a week later. They lost to the Packers by one when they went for two late and didn't get it. They lost to the Rams by one. They lost to the Steelers by three. They lost six in a row late, and only one of those games was when Joe Burrow went off against them. Last year, they were nine and four. Um, you know, Lamar got hurt, and then Lamar got hurt in that game against the Broncos, including the Broncos game. Here were their point totals, in, in the, including the Broncos game and the playoffs. 10, 16, 3, 17, 13, 16, and 17. That's not getting it done. Now you actually have an offense, and now you actually have a unit that can play well. Like the Bengals, or the Bengals were not kind of the runaway favorite. As weird as it was last year, for the majority of the season, it felt like it was going to be the Ravens and the Bengals coming down to this final week. And I guess theoretically it did, but everybody kind of knew the Bengals were going to run away with the North at the uh, in that last week. But yeah, I, I like the Ravens. I also don't hate. Again, if you're a betting person, FanDuel bet three six five. I don't hate the Browns. I don't hate the Browns yeah. kind of a, as kind of a just let's throw it out there and see what happens. Um, I think this division is going to be won by Baltimore or Cincinnati. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the, I mean, it, we could talk about, I, I know I ranked the Bengals last in terms of offseason. You can talk about that. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, 
T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, an improved offensive line. Really, really hard to bet against that. Really, really hard to pick against that. So I think it's going to be Baltimore or Pittsburgh, or excuse me, Baltimore or Cincinnati that wins the division. Um, Pittsburgh could finish in last at eight and nine, and I wouldn't be stunned. Um, so this is going to be a really, really tough division. Um, so hopefully Bengals fans, I didn't make you too mad. I do think that they're going to make the playoffs either way. I think the Ravens are going to make the playoffs either way. Uh, would not be surprised if you had three teams in this, uh, in this division, make the playoffs. So are we, it'll be an interesting okay, so, uh, season. Real quick, real Go quick. Are we, we doing, are, we, so are we doing, are we calling our shots on playoff teams too? If you want, do you want to? Okay. I uh, guess. I mean, you just did it. So well, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really call my shot on all playoff teams. I well, just okay. think the Ravens the and the Bengals so are going to put it playoff. on the bulletin board. Who's making the playoffs in the AFC North? That's okay. So I'm trying to do you just, you just talked about it for 30 seconds. Baltimore, Cincinnati are making it. Okay. I'm going to say Cleveland makes the playoffs too. I think they're going to get okay. three. In. I think Cleveland makes the playoffs. I, if Deshaun gets any kind of bounce back, I could really, I mean, Cleveland's going to be enough. I mean, like you said, if you just get average defensive play out of them, they're going to be pretty good. So I think three are getting in. I mean, this division is going to be, it's the best division in football. Okay. I'm glad that, look, see Bengals fans, he doesn't hate your team, right? Like, yeah. you got all the spit out. Make sure you got all that because I'm going to spit him again. The oh. Bengals are going to miss the playoffs. Wow. That's my, okay. that's my spiciest take of the offseason. Wow. And it's nothing – I'm not saying, like, Joe Burrow's actually bad. No, that's that's not what we're doing here. I just think that you reach a breaking point where you don't run the ball very well again. And everyone – like, there, there's an, it's another year of facing a bunch of too high. And I think the teams are not going to be able to stop Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. But I think they can slow them down enough where you might – that's another loss and a half potentially on the schedule, but it's more just about the fact that it's hard to win a division three years in a row. I think the Ravens have gotten a lot better. I think especially if Deshaun Watson, forget 2020, Deshaun Watson is as good as he was before he tore his ACL in his rookie year. The Browns are going to be sick because their roster is sick. And it's a numbers game at a certain point, man. Like I know you said that the, the AFC North is the best division in football. The AFC East could make the same claim. Like you got Josh Allen, yeah, Josh. Yeah, Josh Allen, Josh Allen and the Bills roster, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets roster, two like Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, and Scheme God Mike McDaniel over there, and Bill Belichick is the Mike Tomlin of that division. Like that's a tough, that's a tough division for sure. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, two of those guys are getting in the playoffs, right? Right. The Broncos have Sean Payton now. He's a pretty good coach. Like the AFC is just overflowing with quarterback and coaching talent. So somebody that's really that somebody that thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl this year is going to miss the playoffs. That's just math. Chargers, Chiefs, Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Bills, Jets. That's seven teams with their seven playoff teams. Now give me one more good team. Jaguar. Jacksonville. Yeah. Jacksonville. They're going to win their division. Yeah. So, Jacksonville's going to win the South. So the, the seven teams that I just named, one of them is missing the playoffs. And I think the Bengals are in the hardest division. And like you said, the secondary, there's a few little, there's enough cringing going on there where I can, I, I, I just see it as a good position to hold a spicy take and then take a victory lap on it if I, if I am proven correct by the end of the season. 
Well, if Jimmy's proven correct, incorrect, you can find him on Twitter at Jimmy Watkins 95. Let him know what you think about him saying the Bengals are going to miss yeah. the playoffs. Um, I want to thank Jim for coming on today. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, but that was our AFC North offseason roundup. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We will talk to you at a later date.